Hello and welcome to Gifted Gas Bag. My name is Mandy and this is a podcast where I ramble inanely for as long as I feel like so you can listen to the thoughts in my head and avoid the thoughts in your own. First of all, apologies if you hear background noise. Uh, We are having one of 50,000 storms we've been having. (laughs) Storm season has come early to Queensland and that means a lot of lightning, a lot of thunder, a lot of rain and I'm privately loving it. Oh, I also have a fan on because the humidity is set to um, kill me. <laughs> I just, I can't cope. You know, it's I'm one of those, oh, good one. I'm one of those people that's all like, it's not the heat that kills you, it's the humidity. Uh, yeah, so I can't cope. I just, I feel like I'm drowning in sweat. Anywho, it's currently Thursday night. It is two minutes to 10 p.m. That's really boring. Why do you need to know that? Well... Because I should be getting ready for bed, but it's it's too hot. I need it to like cool down before I can go to sleep. So I'll be waiting for a while, I would guess. Um, ooh. Mm. I went shopping tonight. I went to Big W. Um, the goal was I had three things I wanted to buy. I wanted to buy bug spray. Because something to do with all this rain has brought insects in their millions. <laughs> I've like killed three different weird bugs around the flat today so I was just like alright bug spray. Next thing undies like upfront TMI but there's something really frigging weird happening in my pl- okay my underwear keeps going missing allow me to expand on that I <laughs> I have a favourite brand of underwear oh Mandy should you even talk about this or is this gonna, gonna get weird no no you know I'm among friends you guys you're chill you know you, you, like it's all good I have a favorite brand of underwear and I know you're waiting for me to say something really fancy no I like tradies tradies freaking slap they're so comfortable oh wow that thunder is not messing around uh tradies are so freaking comfortable um, it depends on the cut I know that like it depends on like how you built and stuff but the boy leg tradies are so freaking comfortable. Like I, a second I bought a set of those and I tried them on, I threw every other pair of underwear I had out and now it's all I wear, which is great. The thing is though, the tradies are very uniquely coloured and have like a coloured band on them and they come in certain sets of colours. So I know how many I have of each and I actually know how many pairs of each I own. <laughs> and all this is to say, whenever I've, I've been doing my laundry and I'm starting to notice that there are pairs missing, I've checked like my overnight bag in case I've taken them out to my parents and like, you know, um, left them in the overnight bag by accident or like I've checked down in my washing machine to see if the washing machine's eating them, the dryer's not eating them. I don't know what's going on, but I keep losing pairs of underwear. And before you ask, no, I'm not hanging them out and no one's stealing them because I know that's a thing because people are disgusting. Um, I mean, you know, I'm not begrudging anyone having an underwear fetish, but leave mine alone. If they're on the line, you know, go consensually buy some on the internet, you absolute freak. So, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I, I don't hang my clothes out to dry. It's very anti-Australian of me. I feel less patriotic when I don't hang my clothes on a hill's hoist. But to be fair, I don't have a hill's hoist, um, clothesline. And second, I, I didn't have a clothes dryer for so, like, I, I only bought a dryer a couple of years ago. And I tried really hard not to buy one for the longest time because I knew I know myself. I'm very lazy and I'm very forgetful 
and unless something's in front of my eyes, I will forget that it exists as soon as I leave the room, which means that, like, <sighs> I'll forget that washing needs doing until I suddenly have not enough clothes to do, and then I'll do three loads at once, right? Like, I live alone. It shouldn't be that difficult to keep my clothes clean, but I will forget quite often to do laundry. The problem with that is that the time I remember to do laundry is, like, eight o'clock at night because I'm thinking about what I'm going to wear tomorrow and then I go and look and realize that I've got nothing to wear. And that's a problem because stuff isn't going to dry overnight. So the amount of times I've had to drive down to a laundromat to try and get my clothes dry. <laughs> and if it rains, you got no hope, you know, like the laundromat, every dry will be taken up. Some dickhead will be drying 15 pillows in one dryer and like be taking up all of them. Ugh. But, you know, like, plus late at night, you don't want to be going down to a laundromat, especially not the one I go to. It's skeevy AF. And, um, you know, half of the coin things will be broken. There'll be duct tape holding one of them together. And also, if it's the summertime, like, the, the door of the laundromat's open, the light's bringing in every insect within 20 blocks. Um, the other problem, just personally, I have with the, the laundromat I used to go to, which I don't anymore because I have a dryer now score. The other problem I had with the laundromat I used to go to is that there's a bakery next door to it. And you're like, ooh, why would it matter late at night? No, it matters because they come and bake the bread late at night. And then I would be sitting in the laundromat and they would drag out all these racks of like fresh baked bread, sit them at the front of the shop with like these big um, mesh screen doors closed, but the doors themselves open to let the air through. And they put fans behind them to cool the bread so that the bread doesn't like retain the moisture and go soggy or moldy. Which meant that I was just like having the smell of fresh baked bread shoved at me for like a good half an hour while I was drying my clothes. And I'd go home absolutely starving and looking to just eat any kind of bread object I could find in the house. It's terrible. Especially if I didn't have bread in the house because I don't usually buy it to be honest with you. So, um, uh, well, why don't I buy bread? Um, long story short, a history of low-carb diets having convinced me that bread is evil. Anyway, um, so yeah, like, I went through this whole saga for years going like, no, 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 don't, because I didn't want to buy a dryer because I was convinced that, again, I'll be, I'm lazy, so I will 100% use nothing but the dryer, but also I thought it'd be really expensive to run, like, electricity-wise. Uh, turns out, no, it made absolutely no difference to my electricity bill. And the second I realized that, I was done with ever hanging my clothes out again, to be honest with you. Because the whole out of sight, out of mind thing also works with um, hanging clothes out and forgetting they're there. Yeah, do you know what happens in the Australian sun when you hang clothes out and then forget they're there for days at a time? They basically turn into cardboard. <laughs> they fade, they bleach... I get cardboard, like, ugh, it's it's just a bad scene all around. So buying the dryer might have been one of the best purchases I've ever made. And because of that, I, uh, th since the day it arrived, I have never hung out a load of washing ever again. Um, oh, um, the and plus the, the clothesline I, I have at the place I at, I'm at, it sucks. Because there's no room for a hill's hoist. It's one of those pathetic cord pull-out things, you know, with like the nylon-y cord thing. It's, it's crap. It's garbage. Anyway, um, dryers for life. What was my point? I can't remember. <laughs> Can you hear the, like, cars going by in the wet? That's how I can tell when it's raining, because I've got really high ceilings in this place. That's how I can tell when it's raining half the time.
What have I been up to this week? Well, I went and played 500 uh, on Monday night. I, I don't know if I've mentioned before. I probably have because I, I, I'm so sorry, guys. Sometimes I forget what I've talked about. The nature of this rambling thing is that I don't retain a lot of the stuff I just ramble about. So I'll apologize. A big blanket apology for all future podcasts if I start rambling about something I've already rambled about. But here goes nothing. Um, I think I told you, no, that's right. I think I told you like I lost 40 something dollars playing 500 because of how bad I am at it. So I went and played it again because apparently I don't learn my lesson. Good news. I did not lose that much money again. I didn't. This time I only lost $15. Woo. Claps all around. Well done, Mandy. Excellent work. I'll get there. Eventually I might even win money one day. Dare to dream. Uh, <laughs> It was fun. Like the the whole reason I go isn't to like win money. I go because it's fun to play. Um, and I had a, it was a really good night, so I enjoyed myself. And um, what else have I done this week? Trivia, as always. Trivia is my jam. Ooh. Rumble, rumble, toil and trump, toil and trumble. That's not a thing. That was one of the questions at trivia, by the way. It was um, where does. Uh, double bubble, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble come from, and it's like it's from Hamlet. It's Shakespeare, one of my favourite um, Shakespearean monologues. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right, motherfucker. You girls cultured and shit. Um, I like Shakespeare, some Shakespeare, very little Shakespeare. Um, I really liked Hamlet in high school, but I think I was being, I think I was being like a stubborn defer. Is it called de- deferential, oppositional? You know, where like someone wants you to do one thing, so you do the opposite. Anyway, in high school, they were like, Romeo and Juliet, we're going to teach you Romeo and Juliet. And I hated it. I hated Romeo and Juliet. Like, I read it, but it was crap. I thought, this is a stupid story. And all the girls in class were like, it's so romantic. And like, oh, Claire Danes and Leo DiCaprio, because that was all anyone thought of, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. It's so romantic. Oh my god, Leo Swoon. And I'm like, this is a this is a cautionary tale. These two are absolute idiots. Like they met and they're in love. How? They don't know each other enough to be in love. And I like got all frustrated and cranky about it, which I, why that was the hill I wanted to die on? I don't know, but I had a lot of hills when I was a kid. I find the older you get, the less hills you're prepared to die on. Unless you're just a very angry person. In which case, I'm very sorry for you. Who's got the energy? Uh, Yeah, so I was prepared to die on the hill of Romeo and Juliet as absolute trash. The only part of Romeo and Juliet that I liked was the opening monologue, which I memorised for, like, an assignment. I had to, like, stand up in front of the class and um, they said, like, act out, you know, do the dialogue but act it out. And I was like, I want to be a smartass and I will be the narrator in the opening scene. (laughs) Two households in fair Verona, both alike in dignity. No, that was, um, no, two households, both alike in dignity, in fair Verona, where we lay our scene. From ancient blood break to new mutiny, where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. I still remember it. There you go. Um, and I'd stand up and, like, give this monologue, and I was like, ha ha, I don't have to act shit. Because between you and me, I can't act. I can't, it, oh, no, not even a little bit. I can't school my face to save my life. It is something that actually bugs me. If I could snap my fingers and learn a skill, it would be how to like cover my emotions so that they don't immediately read on my face. It would be that I could like lie convincingly 
because I just, I don't have the ability. I don't know how people do. I think that's why I'm so fascinated with movies and TV and acting and all that stuff, because it just, it's such a foreign thing for me to even conceive being able to do it. I'm just looking at them the whole time like, how are you doing this? How does this seem so natural? Oh, I know it's a skill you can learn, but I don't even have, like, uh, to be to be honest with you, I did drama up through senior in high school. Oh, that was a big flash. Wait for it. Yeah, that was kind of pitiful. Best you got? It was kind of a pussy, pussy thunder roll. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, the, the, oh, okay. Now it's mad at me. <laughs> I made the clouds mad. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the only thing I learnt in, like, drama class was that my teacher basically said... <laughs> I can't remember the exact wording, but my drama teacher basically said to me, you know, people can paint props as well and uh, do sets and organise budgets and operate cameras. You don't always have to be uh, an actor, you know, everyone's got their abilities, Mandy, which was her way of saying you cannot act for shit and you are not teachable. <laughs> I have to appreciate her honesty. I really, because, yeah, I was under no delusions that I could act, but it was good to know that I really couldn't. <laughs> oh, goodness. Hang on, how did I get on this topic? Acting. I can't act. If I could learn a skill, it would be acting. Oh god, stuff to find. Oh, I can't even trace my thought train the ba backward. Why do you listen to me? <laughs> um, sorry if you hear some moving. I'm lying on my bed right now because it's comfortable, and it just feels like the right place to be during a storm. You know, lying on the bed, staring up at the ceiling, listening to it. Ah. Huh. Acting, acting. Trivia. Oh! Shakespeare. Acting. Performing. Right. So, yeah, because I can't act, that was my hack to get out of having to um, perform. Because, you know, other kids got up and did the whole... They had, like, friends to do scenes with them and stuff. And I was like, I'm not acting. I will stand there and read a speech. And it will count. So that was how I got out of it. But because everyone loved, you know, Romeo and Juliet, I remember the teacher saying um, we could get into something more involved and complex like Hamlet um, probably next year or the year after. And I was like, I'm going to read it now. Fuck you. So, <laughs> oh, why am I so stubborn? I don't know. I just can't help myself. So I found Hamlet and it was like in a book. It was this really cool book, actually. They had a book of Hamlet where... The side panels, um, there was like the play in the middle of the book. It was like this big, wide picture book looking thing that was very thick, but it was like big and wide like a picture book. And then they had the play on the inside columns and the outside two columns on the edges of each page were like descriptors and kind of translations of some of the old English so that it would take phrases that make no sense today and put them in today's parlance. It was fantastic because it was a really easy way to read it. So I read the whole thing and was like, this is a cool story. And I like, um, uh, if you don't know Hamlet, yes, you do. Just watch The Lion King. That's basically the story. Um, it's, uh, I'm sure, you know, okay. Um, if you've already, um, you know, if you know the plot of Hamlet, I'm about to describe it. So just skip ahead 30 seconds at a time until you get to where I stop explaining the plot. Okay. 
Hamlet. There's this young prince of Denmark whose father has recently died. His king, the, the king, his dad, the king, recently died unexpectedly. And uh, while he was away at school, um, you know, trying to deal with that grief, his mother, the queen, married his uncle, the king's brother. And he comes back to Denmark feeling pretty um, sad, pissed off, that um, all of a sudden his mum's just like, yeah, you see your dad's dead, real sad, I married his brother. And he's um, just kind of, he's a giant emo, like he's... (laughs) Spends all the time, like, raging about how upset he is over his father and talks about the entire first um, few scenes are just him kind of raging at how unfair it is and how everyone seems to have forgotten his dad and why is no one grieving over him the way I am, why don't you feel the way I feel kind of thing. Uh, and basically he's approached by, you know, the his his uncle the king is just like the new king, is like, hey, you know, how about you chill the fuck out? And then Hamlet gets a visit from some night watchmen that have been, like, patrolling the palace out the front. And they're like, we saw some weird shit last night. Kind of looked like your dad. Want to come see? And he's like, sweet. Sounds fun. So he follows them. They head into the woods. And uh, conveniently, the other night guards split off from Hamlet just in time for Hamlet to see the ghost of his father. And his father's like, mark me, which means mark in Old English means remember. Uh, Remember or pay attention or note what I'm about to tell you. And he's like, I will. And he's like, "Um, avenge my strange and unnatural murder. And that's when we find out that Claudius, um, Hamlet's uncle, murdered his brother in order to take the throne and marry his sister-in-law, which is some fucked up shit, but by today's standards, by reality show standards, pretty tame. And uh, he did it. Oh, how's this for a poison? Like, for a... uh, I've just ruined it. How's this for a murdering method? He pours poison in his ear, which is not something I've ever heard of outside of Hamlet. I don't know where Shakespeare came up with this. I don't know... uh, No idea. Maybe it was just easier for stage directions or something to make that work. But yeah, when was the last time you heard of someone having poison poured into their ear? Yeah, me either. Uh, Yeah, so Hamlet's dad's like, you've got to avenge me. And Hamlet's like, sick, I'll do that. And then he kind of just, his way of, you'd think like, okay, if someone said, if my dead dad said to me, hey, avenge the fuck out of me and kill your uncle. And he was like, sick, I'll do that. He doesn't do that. Like he does. Um, in terms of avenging, I thought he meant like you know, kill your your uncle because he's a complete douche canoe. No, <laughs> he doesn't do that. He stages a play. This is his big vengeance. Like what an emo, dramatic little twit Hamlet is. I love him with my whole ass and my whole heart. Right. <laughs> He freaking stages a play. He hires a troupe of actors to stage a play with a with a king and a queen who um where the queen professes her love and undying loyalty to the king and then we see someone creep in and poison the king, right? And he's he's trying to stage this play. Because his idea is if I stage this play in front of my uncle, his guilty face will reveal all and the guilt of my mother's face will reveal everything. Does it work? Not so much. <laughs> it doesn't work. 
Oh, God. And in the meantime, Hamlet's actually losing his fucking mind and being an abusive douche to his girlfriend, who he drives insane with his douchey treatment. And then she uh, swan dives into a lake and dies off screen. (laughs) Fucking Ophelia is deserved better. Um... A couple of Hamlet's school friends come to visit. Guys, names, guys named Rosencrantz and Guildenstern come to visit Hamlet. And they're like, hey, we're just here to check out how you doing. How you feeling, buddy? You coping well? Hamlet's like, you two are motherfucking spies. The king sent you to, like, spy on me. Um, and I'm pretty sure he has them killed off screen also. Yeah. Oh, and then what else? Hamlet stabs Ophelia's dad through a curtain because he thinks he's the king. Um, And then he challenges uh, a young upstart to a duel, poisons his mother to death, poisons the king. Like, basically, the entire play ends with everyone dying. And it's super bleak. And basically, the moral of the story is maybe don't be a giant emo dickhead and be more direct with your revenge next time, you absolute twit. I love it. (laughs) It's I, I just I I can't get over how unnecessary the whole thing is, and how stupid but dramatic and beautiful the whole thing is. How the the beauty of the words this stupid story is written into. I freaking love Hamlet. Okay, so um yes, the plot of Hamlet is the basis for the Lion King. Uh, actually, all the um because Lion King two is Romeo and Juliet, and then Lion King three is another play. It's based on Hamlet. It's a t- okay. Sorry, I'm going off on like a. Did I just go to apologise for going off on a tangent when that's literally my whole fucking job on when doing this? Yeah, okay. So, Tom Stoppard wrote a play called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Dead. Now, those are the two friends of Hamlet's. And he... Because um, he sends them off and we hear that they, they've died off screen. Pretty sure. It's been a long time since I've read Hamlet, but I'm pretty sure that's what happens. They die off screen. Tom Stoppard wrote a play that told the story of Hamlet from their perspective, from the perspective of like his two school friends that are concerned about him, but like the, his uncles approached and asked him to do some snooping because it turns out they were spies. And yeah, the whole play is told from their point of view and the story has a beginning, middle and end and it's kind of a comedy and kind of a tragedy. And it was a very popular play. Uh, you know, it's, it's very well known. So, um, Lion King 3... <laughs> Lion King 3 is the version of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead because it's Timon and Pumbaa's perspective on the events of Lion King 1. And if that isn't the most ridiculously unnecessary, brilliant meta thing you've ever seen... Um, by the way, if you haven't watched Lion King 3, it doesn't suck. Uh, the Digger Tunnel meerkat song is pretty entertaining. It's good to watch with kids. Kids will get a kick out of it. But I really enjoy it simply because it's so... I love that someone at Disney when okay, we need to follow up Lion King. It's really popular. Lion King 2 was like, eh, it was fine for a direct-to-video you know, video release. How do we follow it up? And they were like, we got this brilliant fucking idea. What if we just do the plot of the first movie all over again, but this time from the point of view of two of the other characters? And they're like, genius, go off and do it. And someone sits there, like, quietly shoving their copy of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead into their backpack like nothing happened. (laughs) 
So yeah, I freaking, um, you know, loved Hamlet. My favourite version of Hamlet, by the way, if you don't want to read it, you want to see it, and you're like, yeah, no, I want to get into this. The Kenneth Branagh Hamlet is stupidly long, um, but it is the best version of it that I've ever seen. So highly recommend if you ever want to watch Hamlet. Uh, Kate Winslet plays Ophelia. She actually manages to play a really thinly written female character very convincingly. We've got Robin Williams as one of the night guards. Um... Jack, no, wait, Jack Lemon is a night guard. I think Robin Williams might be Polonius. I can't remember. Sorry, again, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, but I, I used to come on a double video, double VHS, that's how old I am, set, and I would watch it a lot. <laughs> I, had, I think I, I think one of my English teachers lent it to me. I had this English teacher that was like so encouraging of me reading and learning new stuff that she'd routinely bring me videos and books of things I hadn't read or, see, read or seen before. She's the reason I got to see the original Pride and Prejudice because I told her I had gotten Bridget Jones's diary in like year 10 or 11, I think. And she was like, ooh, it, that book is referencing Pride and Prejudice. You need to see the original. Um, she was like, don't read it because you won't like Austin. It's way too, it's, it's, you know, if you don't like the flowery language, you won't like it, but, um, you need to see it at the very least because she references it. And I was like, oh, okay, where do I watch that? And, you know, it's back in the day before streaming services. If you wanted to watch something and it wasn't on a video in your hand, you basically w were fucked. So she brought her two video copy in like this big clamshell case of Pride and Prejudice on video. And I remember sitting in the back room cause we had like, um, a back room with a big old uh, grey screen TV in like a wood veneer cover with a knob on it. Like that was this old ass television hooked up to a video player in our back office, kind of back office slash storage room slash where the computer lived slash, you know, <laughs> like not the family room, the other room, like the, the communal room. And we had that TV out there for me and my brother to watch movies so that mum and dad could like have the main room and we could sit in the back room and entertain ourselves. So I'd sit out there watching these movies she gave me and occasionally you know, my parents would come out and go, what in the hell are you watching? I'd be like, Jane Austen. I'd be like, uh-huh. <laughs> God bless the back room TV. I can't vibe with these kids who have TVs in their bedrooms when they're growing up. Because I just, yeah, no, I didn't have one. Um, neither did my brother. It was the backroom TV or it was watching whatever mum and dad were watching. And that was all there was to it, really. Um, but thanks to that backroom TV, because it did have an antenna connection. It had rabbit ears. And my brother and I would, like, stand on one foot and, like, put your, you put your hand behind your head and hold that and twist your tongue to the right and hold that position because we've just gotten signal for Channel 10 and we've, we were right in time to watch The Simpsons, you know? Um, but my favorite thing was that we got S the, the channel that was the easiest to get without having to mess around with the bunny ears was SBS. Couldn't get like channel seven was impossible. Nine, no hope channel 10 on a good day. If the weather was good and it was clear and like, you know, we had the bunny ears in just the right position, ABC, okay, depending on sometimes it was very in and on and off, but we could always get SBS with no issues. And it was always really clear. Which is how I got a bit of an education um, <laughs> as a kid watching shows. My parents would have been like, why are you watching this? Uh, to give you an idea, I watched all of Queer as Folk. I watched Oz. Should I have been watching Oz at that point? 
absolutely not, but I did. Um, I saw a lot of foreign movies. I saw a lot of, like, news specials and documentaries. I got a full-on education in that back room. It was awesome. We also had a PlayStation hooked up to it. The original PS1. Um, which, um... God, what did we used to play on it? Original Spyro, original Crash Bandicoot. I can't remember any other games, but I know we had some. Yeah, anyway. So that was background TV. If I had an original point at the beginning of this, I don't remember it. I think the storm's moved on. I haven't heard any thunder for a while. It's still not any cooler. It's so humid. <laughs> I'm staring at my little pile of Christmas presents. I have a... Uh, like a, I don't know if you call it a footstool, it's like one of those bench seats you can buy. I got it from Kmart years back. But I bought that and I have it like sitting against the wall right now and I'm keeping my Christmas present stash on it because I'm slowly building up presents for Christmas. Um, only because I know they'll never listen to this. I can say that I've got my grand's books. I bought her a few books and I also bought her, I think I mentioned before, I've mentioned in a previous podcast, my gran is like obsessed with baby Groot and thinks he's adorable. I finally found a little baby Groot planter with a little fake um, succulent in his head. So I got her that. I found that tonight and bought it for her. I've got a jigsaw puzzle for my father. You might be like, boring jigsaw puzzle. No, no, no. This one has a book in it where you read a murder mystery and then you solve the puzzle where there's no picture of what the puzzle looks like anywhere on the box. You have to kind of guess what the image is as you put it together. Then once you put the image together, the solution to the murder is on the puzzle box. How fucking cool is that? So I got him that. What else have I got sitting there? Oh, I got one of my friends who's madly into this anime show um, a mug with her favourite character on it. She knows about the mug. I also got her like a little blind pack of like it's figurines and you open up the pack and there'll be one of them inside. And, and what she doesn't know. And if you're listening to this friend who I got the Bakugo mug, stop listening now. Okay. Um, I also got her a customized deck of cards with her favorite characters on it. Oh, I am the best. Um, what else have I got? Oh, and she's also getting an, um, this other well now it's a different friend but yeah this other friend is also getting some chopsticks with favorite characters on them oh and then another friend of mine is getting oh i can't say that one because i'm pretty sure they listen yeah no i won't say well there you go um i also bought christmas cards tonight i don't even know if they're the ones i'm going to use but i'm getting excited to do i get so stoked to do christmas cards every year I started doing it probably about five years back. I went, you know what? I, I seem to sort of sit back and expect Christmas to just happen to me, like to get into the Christmas spirit. You know, you sort of have a year where you're like, oh, I'm just really not feeling Christmas this year. You know what? It's because Christmas doesn't happen to you. You've got to want to participate in Christmas. That's what I've worked out. Uh, and for the record, I'm not religious. But don't go in for any of that. Christmas is fucking fun. I like to participate, you know? I think uh, I'm going to um, culturally appropriate Christmas for myself. Why not? <laughs> Sorry to cause offence, but giving my family gifts sounds like a lot of fun and I'm going to continue to go ahead and do that. So, um, 
this one year I was like, I'm going to like actively participate in Christmas. I'm going to do Christmas cards for everyone I know with like little gifts to go along with them. And I made like, did these little handmade chocolates with like chocolate molds and, um, freaking flavors and stuff like that and put them together with little cellophane bags with ribbon. It was so fun and such a nice fun activity to do. And then, um, like did these really nice cards with nice messages in them and gave them out to people. And it like, it made people happy and it, you know, it cheered me up and was something fun to do. And I felt super Christmassy after it. So now every year since I give out Christmas cards and some years I'll do, I always like to do a little, a little gift or a little favor, like a little Christmas favor with them. Uh, sometimes it might just be a cool candy cane. One year I made a heap of different types of flavored popcorn and put them in these little cone shaped cellophane bags with ribbons um last year i think i did foil wrapped chocolate santas just I, I didn't have time to prepare anything last year so and i i also didn't want to give people because this was keeping in mind last year was very covid crazy i wanted to give people things that were already pre-packaged so that i didn't have to worry about any kind of cross-contamination from me this year i gotta be honest it's the end of october i haven't settled on any favors yet Ooh, um I know what I want to do. I just can't figure out how to do it. I have a recipe for freaking amazing chocolate chip cookies. But I don't think I can do them because I don't have an oven that works. Uh, and also, I've, you know, I've got to be concerned about ingredients and melting and heat and all that sort of stuff. So I don't think that's going to work. But I think this year I'm going to make truffles. I haven't made a batch in so long. Um, just a bunch of really freaking simple truffles. Uh, and maybe coat some in chocolate, coat some in caramel, coat some in sprinkles, and do them up in the little baggies and hand those out. I think they'll go down well. Um, the other idea I had was instead of doing like an, uh, something edible, I thought about buying some unique Christmas tree ornaments for people. Like, you know, um, you know how Typo has those really cool ones where like there's a Christmas tree ornament of like a freaking cell phone or there's a Christmas tree ornament of like a gumball machine, like cool, quirky, weird, off the wall sort of little things like that. I thought about getting everyone their own little Christmas tree ornament, but I also know that Christmas trees are such an aesthetic thing these days. You know, people get really into it and color coordinate it. And it's not like, I don't know if maybe it was always like this, but we were just bogans. When I was a kid, your Christmas tree looked like someone vomited um, half a department store and a rainbow on it. Like nothing was color coordinated. You would have heaps of ornaments the kids had made in kindergarten, some plastic ones you bought six years ago, some foil glassy ones you bought a few years after that. Like there was no stylishness to a Christmas tree. It would just look like, like I said, it just looked like a complete schmozzle, like a fun crazy ass craft project um done by someone with no done by a colorblind person that's how our christmas trees looked as a kid and then as i've gotten older i noticed like they they started to be themed like oh this year my theme is pink and silver this year my my christmas tree theme is blue and gold you know this year i'm going with um just silver and white keeping it very classy very and it's like i i get it they're beautiful i 100% agree they're very gorgeous but it just doesn't have the same feel, you know? So my concern is that even if I give people these like Christmas tree ornaments, they're probably going to be like, yeah, but that doesn't go with my theme. Or, you know, I have a specific color coordination of baubles and yours doesn't fit. So maybe that's not the way to go. 
I don't know. If any of you think of any cool ideas for some cool favours I could put in Christmas cards, let me know. Um, I'm going to start making up my Christmas card list and then get to work on the cards. Oh, my God. I found these cards, by the way, at Big W. They are five bucks for a pack of five. I know that's crazy expensive, but they're like a little snow globe in the front of them. But they have um, uh, gold glitter stars inside them. So if you shake the card, the glitter stars fly around. How freaking cool is that? I love that idea. I bought some. Um, I can't give everyone the same card, but definitely some people are going to be getting a card full of glitter stars. And I am super fucking excited about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I should wrap up there. Oh, God. 36 minutes. Good joke. Good joke. This is a good time to wrap up because I can't talk anymore. Hope you're all having a lovely week. Please stay cool if you're in the heat. Please stay safe if you're in the storm areas. And other than that, just, um, oh, what's a bit of advice I'd give you for a week, for the next week? Something nice to focus on. Um, no one's opinion matters of you who whose opinion you wouldn't also ask for. That's that's all I have to remind myself of that one all the time. Never let other people's opinion of you bother you if you wouldn't also ask for their advice. There's my thought for the week. Alright guys, I'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.